This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Blessed all saints, Sunday everyone. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, it's almost too much to take in. Uh, the beauty of the music, the elegance of the liturgy, the anticipation of those who will be baptized and meet you and encounter you in the most real of ways. Father, we thank you for the gift of worship, for the gift of the Bible. We thank you for the gift of All Saints Sunday. Now, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to take it in and to let all of this change us, let all of this move us toward becoming saints in Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Man, you may be seated. So on All Saints Sunday, it raises a couple of pretty important questions right away. How do you become a saint? What's the way? What's the process? You may indeed raise a question immediately after that, can you even become a saint? And what I want to teach this morning is that becoming a saint is not only possible, it is actually your inheritance in Jesus and the gift he gives you in his incarnation, in his crucifixion, and in his resurrection. It's a gift Jesus gives you. Not only is becoming a saint your inheritance, it is your identity. But to become a saint is to be a human being fully alive in Christ. And you have two ingredients that are essential in this journey of sainthood. One is the epic. We have to learn as we become saints to be curious and have courage for the epic. But there's also the personal, the patience to pursue the teachings of Jesus, the person of Jesus. These two epic and personal realities came together for Father Matt and me five years ago. We celebrated All Saints and the gift of All Saints in Jos, Nigeria. Some of you know that we've had over a 20-year partnership with the Anglican Diocese in Jos, Nigeria. Many story has been told about that amazing uh, part of the world. And Matt and I were there for their All Saints Revival Week. It lasted over four days. Every night it just grew in momentum and attendance until the last All Saints Revival Sunday day there were over 10,000 people gathered. Never before have I been part of a Christian event like that, all gathered at this grade school and on the grounds. They were all being fed. They were all being cared for. The Word of God was being preached. They would, we'd all lift our voices and 10,000 voices praising the living God. It was epic. Everyone there knew, oh, there is something so much greater than myself happening right now. There's something so much more, so much greater that I can come into, that I can be a part of, that I can be shaped by. And yet, as epic as it was, particularly in that last service, where hundreds gave their life to Jesus, hundreds more came forward to commit their lives to the mission of the gospel. Over a hundred were confirmed with the laying on of hands. It became very personal. I got to partner with Bishop Ben to confirm, and we laid hands on one person at a time, face to face, praying for them. Praying for folks who personally received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We went from the epic to the personal, from the personal to the epic. 
And we all understood, if not explicitly, certainly implicitly, this is how a saint is made. To be part of something much greater than ourselves, and yet to be part of something that so moves and changes ourself. The church gives us Bible passages for feasts like today. And we are customarily given two Bible passages that have just been read. One is epic, Revelation chapter 7. One is profoundly personal, Jesus teaching his personal followers how to become followers of him, how to become persons who are fully alive in what are called the Beatitudes, which could also be the way to becoming a full human being in Jesus. Look at both of those passages this morning. Now, sainthood is often associated with particular individuals who are called saints. And you've driven by many a church where it's Saint XYZ. And the Roman Catholic Church has a very formal and specific process by which a person is canonized and therefore, through several different criterion, made a saint. And we as Anglicans honor many of those saints that they have named, and some of our churches are also named after saints. But today is really more about the biblical witness of a saint, where that word is used over a dozen times throughout the New Testament to describe those who are set apart for Jesus, set apart in Jesus. Saint has to do with a holy one, a set apart one. A saint is different. A saint is different than the cultural waves that have coursed through culture for centuries. A saint is different in how they feel and how they think and how they act. A saint is one who has a curiosity about the epic, greater than themselves, and yet has the patience to receive the teachings of Jesus and over the course of a lifetime become a person, a Christian who is fully alive. How do you become a saint? How do you become a disciple of Jesus with a Jesus difference? Let's look at two passages here this morning. Revelation 7. If you have a Bible with you, you can turn there. If not, we've got lots of Bibles throughout the sanctuary, page 1032, and we'll find Revelation chapter 7. And here in Revelation 7, we enter into the epic. John, who writes this, follower of Jesus, late in his life, is having a seeing. He's having a vision, and he records this vision for us. And in recording this vision for us, what John is showing us is what is happening right now in the heavenlies, in the eternal realities, and where we are going as those who follow Jesus for our ultimate destiny. We say every Sunday morning, Blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Which is now, right now, this worship is happening. And one day, if we are faithful to Jesus and his word, we will be there fully. In an epic reality, there'll be a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages. Can you imagine the beauty of that alone? If you've had the privilege of traveling or just the privilege of building a friendship with somebody of a different tribe, language, or nation, the beauty of just that friendship, imagine it multiplied to infinity. All the tribes, all the nations, all the peoples, all gathered around. What would ever unify all those peoples? 
Let's look. They're standing before the throne and before the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. They're standing before Jesus in all of his resurrection, ascended glory with the wounds still in his hands. They're standing there. They're clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they're crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. We are called to a courage. We are called to a curiosity to believe that that's true right now and that that's where we're heading. And all the travails and troublesome realities of this world will be nothing in comparison to that reality, that that's where we're going, saints. And we push up against that reality and we seek that reality, and we believe in that reality, and we have a kind of holy curiosity. It's happening, what is happening, how is it happening, what is it like? My wife Catherine tells a great story of a wonderful surprise party that was planned for her when she was in high school. As a matter of fact, her high school friend is visiting us right now, hi June, um, who planned this amazing high school birthday party. So you know how surprise parties go. All this stuff behind the scenes is going on. Catherine has no idea this is being planned, but the reality is even though she doesn't know it, it's actually happening. So they're planning this great party. They have this, this whole way of, you know, they're missionaries, so they weren't gonna lie. So they found some way to fool her. Um, and so they actually yelled out, Catherine's across the street. So June lived across the street and Catherine's over here. And Catherine's mom yells out, Catherine, you've gotta run over to June's house. Her mom fell. So I'm sure that Mrs. Overholt was kind of laid gingerly upon the floor, so it was true. <laughs> and Catherine, ever the dutiful daughter, oh, of course, mother. But she runs across the street thinking that she's going to rescue Mrs. Overholt. Surprise! And dozens of family and friends all gathered there. Celebration. They've been planned and readied and worked on. Just because you can't fully see it right now doesn't mean it's not happening. It's happening. Just as sure as a glorious surprise party was planned. And you know, Catherine, after the surprise party, she started putting pieces together. Oh, wait a second. That's why my mom said, hey, let me French braid your hair. Catherine, you may want to change those white trousers that have mud on them. Just may want to. And when you look back, there were all these clues to this epic moment. And we have all these clues, family of God to the epic reality that's happening now and will happen for our eternity. In worship, when we come into worship, you're coming into these clues, these, these, these apertures, these, these moments that are showing you the, 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 the eternal reality. When we worship the way we worshiped this morning already, that is telling you that this is happening. When we have incense, there's gonna be bowls of incense and not one person will be allergic to it, <laughs> right? 
And it'll be glorious. And that's why we have incense. It's just a clue to the kingdom of God and its eternal realities. We learn to be curious about the clues. We learn to want to know what it will be like. And we foster that. And that makes us and brings us closer to Jesus. That brings us closer to the reality of being fully alive in him. And then we're curious. Not only about the king. Not only about the lamb. But we're curious about all those who are around us. All the different nations and tribes and language. We learn to be curious now about about what will be our forever reality. We learn to love and connect and honor and make friends with those who are very different than us, both who are fellow Christians and those who are not. We learn to be honoring and curious to say, I want to know your culture. I want to know your language. I want to know your ways because in doing so, I step into a clue. Have you felt the joy of knowing somebody so different than you? The joy of worshiping the Lord together as Matt and I felt with Nigerians, so different than our own culture. You know that joy? That's a clue. That tells you what's really going to happen forever. So it matters that the person checking you out at the Walgreens or whatever perhaps comes from a different nation or language. It matters that you're curious and kind. It matters. It matters that you get to know those who are different than you. You're stepping into the glory. This is why we send people all around the world and why other nations send people all around the world. Because we're moving toward this vision. This is why we do these things and learn languages and understand other cultures. Because we're moving toward this epic reality. Be curious about the glory that is to come. Blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. We live with an anticipation we're like theater goers who know that what we're about to see is going to be an amazing spectacle of music or story or dance, and the curtain is just about ready to go up. It hasn't gone up yet, but we know that it will go up, and we know that it goes up. We will see what we've come to see. That's how saints live. And yet we also are very patient with a lifetime process of becoming like the Lord Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 5, he teaches us how to become like him. Matthew 5 is page 809. If you, can, if you have your Bible, turn over it there now. Okay, we've moved from this epic kingdom with Jesus in the center. We're still with Jesus, but now it's a very personal picture. Verses 1 and 2 show Jesus... Uh, he's, he's actually leaving the crowd. He's going with a smaller group. It still is probably quite numerous. These are his followers, his pupils. These are people he's been close to. They know one another's habits and one another's ways. It's a very personal moment. And he's going to teach them essentially a kind of autobiography. He's going to teach them the blessing of how to become a follower of his, how to become a person who is fully alive. He's going to say, this is who I am. These eight blessings are the attributes of Jesus himself. And he will teach them, you can enter into these attributes. If you believe in me and take me into your heart, and I dwell in you, you can become this person. You can become a Christian. You can become different, a saint. And here is the making of the saint. It's the epic, but it's also patience. They will hear these teachings. And we get to watch some of their lives unfold from Matthew 5, like Peter's, like John's. And we'll see them patiently, painstakingly, 
sometimes failing, but always seeking to become a disciple, a saint who is fully alive. And that is just as accessible to you as it is to those who are taught in a small little region called Galilee in the land of Israel. So what are the eight ways? I won't teach extensively into these. I'm working on a longer series on this. Let me just summarize each of the eight ways that we become saints who are fully alive, according to Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit are unashamed to need Jesus desperately. And they don't hide their desperation. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Those who mourn are those who have the capacity to be heart-pierced by others' lives, by others' sorrows and others' griefs. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek are those who have such a deep personal security that allows for deep kindness to others. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The hungry and the thirsty have an urgent understanding that the terrifying disorder of this life, the terrifying injustices of this life will be overcome by the ultimate order and beautiful justice of God. And they hunger for it, and they fast for it, and they thirst for it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. The merciful have the capacity to listen deeply to the lives of others while staying fully grounded in their identity in Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart have a true freedom from worldly distraction and constant sinful impulse. It doesn't say that they're free from sin, but they have a freedom from constant sinful impulse that they have the freedom to see the ways of God. They have the freedom with curiosity to follow the clues of the eternal kingdom. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall, become, shall be called sons of God. The peacemaker has the ability to bring the internal peace that comes from knowing that you belong to God as a son or a daughter. And you can bring that internal peace to external conflict where others are very afraid and very anxious. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The persecuted are those who, having worked through the other seven ways to sainthood, they've accepted that following these pre previous seven ways of becoming a saint, of becoming one who is different and fully alive in Jesus, that they'll become different enough that they will be persecuted. There's the epic, it's greater than us. There's the personal, by the power of Jesus, there can be change within us. And we're now gonna walk right into that with these baptisms. Because baptism is epic. You're gonna hear about the ark and you're gonna see people renouncing the devil. This is an epic moment. And we're gonna have a lot of epic water. I promise you, it's glorious. It's also very personal. Each one of these will be sealed by the Holy Spirit, each one with their name spoken. And they themselves will on, be on their journey to becoming saints, to becoming Christians who are different and fully alive. It's not only possible, it's your inheritance. It's your identity. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen.